everyone, this is Coco Creates. And this is Art of the Cartoon. And this is CNC Buhai. We're an Asian-American couple who watches a lot of media. Filipinos in the house, y'all. And we love to discuss about it. Do we watch a lot of media? <laughs> wow, spoiler alert. <laughs> this is episode 10, mm-hmm. Vampires versus the Bronx. Versus the Bronx. It's a, it's a showdown, everybody. So, it's been a while, right? Been a it's quick been second. Been a while. We don't know what time is. It, we do know it is still 2020. Mm-hmm. It is still 2020. That's, That's about it. Right. It's October. How are we? How are we doing? How 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 is our mindset? What are we doing? Well, one, we're in the mindset to even record because I think last time the, we recorded yeah. was I don't even know, maybe March, April, or May. I don't even know. I feel okay. I think I'm. I think I've been uh, MIA in a minute in terms of this podcast because I've been working on a experimental documentary short mm. stay tuned folks maybe i'll promote that a little bit yes and uh, how about you how are you doing uh i am doing well i am feeling tired with everything um going on but also just working a lot and trying to do my art still I'm doing the comic and creating pieces feel free to check out some pieces happening at the emeryville uh art show annual it's online wow or the cartoon is promoting his art. This is so rare, people. <laughs> he has his art at this in the gallery, at this virtual gallery uh, that Emeryville is holding, yes. and you have two of your pieces up. Two, so, yep. and they're for sale. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Check it out. But what's your website though? Uh, just head to my Instagram. That's probably the best way. Instagram.com slash art of the cartoon. Art of the cartoon so humble. He does his comics and his drawings weekly. So check those out if you mm-hmm. ever want some visual content for your for your day. But moving on to the podcast. Yep. So let's go ahead and start with what we usually start with. What are we currently watching? Or are we watching anything at all? Yeah, I'm going to be real. I've been watching a lot less, mm-hmm. a lot less YouTube, a lot. I've been more present in life. Let's be real. There we go. I still think media is important and I'm going to watch it, but there's a lot of media out there that maybe I don't need to watch, so that's why I don't watch a lot. Mm-hmm. But the things that I do watch lately, what we've been watching together yes. has been um, Lovecraft Country. Ooh, that's a good show. I think it's a future podcast. Yes, there's a lot of there's mm-hmm. a lot of things to talk about that one, but I wouldn't have thought that I would have liked it knowing that I'm not really into sci-fi as much. Right. I just kind of on a whim I was like, do you, you want to watch this? This seems interesting. Yeah, but anyway, I will we'll save my that. thoughts we'll, for another we'll day. We'll get that later on. Also, maybe we're on an HBO Max kick because That's we be also it. really love... <laughs> Go ahead. The documentary series, The Vow. Which you suggested to me. Nuts. Yeah. Um, those who don't know, they were like, what is The Vow? Not a wedding vow, but if you look up... Is it like about a cult that happens, Nexium? Where they have uh, Ali Mack and celebrities a part of it, and it's just like this kooky story. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't know though how I feel about it being a long winded docu series, but that's maybe for another podcast. Not another podcast, not for that one as well. What are you watching? I've been watching with well, those two definitely, and I've just been consuming stuff about politics and the election, which maybe I do too much of because that gets into my head. But just trying to catch up with things in the world. And I know that you're trying to stay away from that. Yeah. I mean, thank you for being, for out of the two of us, actually paying attention to what's going on politically. I think for me, when you know that maybe it's not helpful mm-hmm. for your uh, mental health or whatnot, 
it's important to be to to take yourself out of that and really hold on to the things that are important to you. And I think that's just as valid. Right. Not saying I'm not informed. You tell me what's up. I know, like we're voting early. Like voting is important, people. Mm-hmm. Um, but y'all are probably already knew that for the most part. But. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things going on, and you know we're also being careful because the pandemic is still happening, folks. So hopefully, yeah, it, wearing your mask, on. all of that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, that being said, we try our best to be in the mood, doing what we need to do for our community and for living life in general. So that's why we haven't really been watching as much. Right. We've been watching a lot of sports, so we're not a sports podcast, so we're not really going to talk oh, about right, everything because it's irrelevant. Yes. Then, right? Like we've been watching WNBA games, and like, congrats to the Seattle Storm. And then, there we go. Congrats see, to the Storm. Love them. I mm-hmm. love WNBA. All that aside, I think it is October. It is. Look. My favorite month because it's Coco Creates birthday month. Oh, there we go. I love to say it yes. every chance that I get. Coco Creates, she does the birthday month. Yes. It's Halloween season, which is funny because growing up, I never really was into Halloween. I don't know about you. I wasn't too much into Halloween either, no. Right? I mean, we were all about the candy, but like everything else. Oh, yeah, I was about the candy, Not yeah. about scary movies. Dressing up? Uh, not really. Not really. I wasn't really into it. Yeah, I I'm not big into the into the dressing up and the costume thing Yeah, either. so Halloween, though. Um, So I was like, okay, if we were going to watch something and we're going to have quality time, mm-hmm. might as well watch something that's quote-unquote festive for the season, like a Halloween a Halloween movie, mm-hmm. but not a movie that was, like, super uber scary. Like, hands down, I ain't, I ain't trying to watch Paranormal Activity. That's not my thing. Okay. Anything super gory and disgusting. No Saw movies? Not really. I okay. think, like, after a while, it just seems like this it sounds... It feels like the same type of movie. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to watch something that was recent and not so much, like, an OG movie. I have been uh, appreciating older Halloween movies like Pet Cemetery Because right. it's, like, funny to me now that, I, like, I'm like, why was I scared of this? Like, Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. Like, why mm-hmm. was I scared of this? It's, like, so, like, silly. Oh, let me look and see what could be a great movie that neither of us have watched mm-hmm. um, that's recent. And I stumbled upon... Vampires versus the Bronx. Look at that name title. The name alone reeled me in, mm-hmm. and I was like, let's watch this. Okay. So, what is it about? I mean, I'm assuming it's about vampires, and I'm assuming it's about the Bronx. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> but what is it about? I'm going to quote the Wikipedia page here. Vampires versus the Bronx is directed by Oz Rodriguez, who is an SNL segment director and written by Oz and also Blaze Hemingway, who's also a TV writer. General synopsis of this, we will be going to spoilers, obviously, but here's the general plot. All right, so Vampires versus the Bronx um, begins when gentrification from an unlikely and deadly source creeps into the Bronx. A group of teenage friends rally to save the beloved local bodega and fight against a supernatural force intent on taking over their home at all costs. That's direct from Wikipedia, y'all. Yeah, I know. I was like, we are not savvy enough to say that out of our, our out of our heads like that. So, that's off Wikipedia, right? Yeah. Uh, things to note: EP executive produced by Lauren Michael. So there's a lot of SNL support in, yeah, in like, for this movie. Chris Red, who's a cast member in SNL, is also in this. Only a bit part, but yeah, SNL definitely has some influence on this movie. I enjoyed this movie in in that it didn't take itself too seriously. This is definitely a comedy more than say a horror. But it was like a fe- like a Halloween Halloween yeah it was like themed a f- movie. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, no, because they never even really had Halloween decorations. They were all up in shorts and stuff. Well, <laughs> this is true. It, it wasn't. It wasn't even Halloween. <laughs> that I think about it's it, not, it's, it's, it doesn't even have to be Halloween. It could and be. Like, this is. This is. Any wow, we occasion. are following stereotypical tropes of Halloween in that we assume that vampires equals Halloween equals Halloween movie. Oh, so in other words, this is just a movie. <laughs> but it is about vampires, and it, it is Halloween season. So okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and it came out in October. So normally we rate out of five. Mm. So what would you give it? I would say this is a good solid three and a half. Interesting. I actually really enjoyed Did you know, it. Did you give it a four? I probably would give it a four. Wow. Okay. I think maybe it was because of my mood because we've been watching like really serious is, things. I guess, yeah. And I was just like, you know, we need something fun. So Vampires versus the Bronx, why not, right? Mm-hmm. I think I, I liked it because I always have, I always tend to lean towards like movies where the leads are youth. Like young people this coming, is true. Of, this is, this coming is definitely... of age stories. Mm-hmm. I think the humor just got to me in a lot of ways. No, like, the three the three teenage leads or like the young boy leads are they're kind of like preteen teen. Yeah, the I want to say like yeah preteen, um, like early high school. Yeah, definitely early high school. Um, and I think also myself being from New York. And then you know it's set in the Bronx. That's probably because like, yeah, you have the nuances you that like made me yeah. freaking laugh, dude. Like. You have the experience of like living in New York, and you know that experience. I I don't have that. Yeah, like perspective. extra extra little hint of like humor that like I guess those who like lived in New York would get. But I think that's probably why I gave it a four. Because mm-hmm. it's not like there's ever like a movie like that too. Besides, like oh, what's the name of it? Which the one? one with like the video camera one and like Clover Lane or something like that. Oh, Cloverfield Lane? Cloverfield Lane, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, there's those movies like that, like, it's in the city, and then there's just, like, very mm-hmm. um, action-y and, like, running away from something. And then right. this one was just, like, it's freaking funny. Yeah. But, like, also, you, as you were saying, like, it's an adventure Yeah, movie. it's it's definitely in the style of, like, Stranger Things and maybe, like, not, maybe not, not that high production value of Stranger Things, but, and then also Attack the Block. Yeah, as well. I don't know if people out there know of that movie a while back called Attack Attack of the Block, Attack the Block. I yeah, think it's Attack the Block. Yeah, yeah, and I really love that movie too because it's just about youth and such in a uh, urban environment, mm-hmm. and then they're just like fighting against like adversaries, right? Right. And uh, but then it also gave me this movie Vampires vs the Bronx. Also, like <laughs> the vampires looked a little bit they're very... inspired by mm-hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the CW um, series yes. with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like mm-hmm. it totally had like their foreheads look like. Yes, definitely. <laughs> they, th- that, that's how the look vampires, vampires look with the forehead. Yeah, yeah. We were like, okay, they're, they're, her foreheads are like that, and they're really pale. They're vampires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but what did you think about the story in general? Like I said, I thought it was an entertaining story. It was really funny to me, just uh, cracking up on their take on vampires. Um, I thought maybe like the social commentary was a little bit too on the nose, but at the same time, I appreciated it. And I thought that was entertained. They're talking about gentrification, and I think that was upfront, and I think it was totally obvious from the first scene when we meet Vivian. The one white girl in the movie, right? So rare, people, right? I know, yeah. Thinking about it, talk about representation. The one white girl who starts off at a Dominican um, nail salon and -hmm. talking about how she just moved into the neighborhood. Oh, our other cartoon right now is talking about one of the most uh, like poignant scenes. Just kidding, I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) But it starts out of this white lady who comes in Mm -hmm. to the Dominican nail salon really late at night, yeah, and um, not suspicious at all. Also funny that the person who was owning the salon happened to be 
the actress Zoe Saldana, who I was like, oh, it's hard not seeing her not green from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And then like her having, uh, you know, she had a really small role. She was on screen maybe two for minutes. like two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. And then it's like, okay. And, and then, then it goes into the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Even that two minutes, she was probably expensive, you know, to yeah, be that, actress in that. that. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about these days about stories that focus on uh, people of color being the highlight of it. This mm-hmm. is definitely hands down one of those movies. Yeah, I think the other social commentary, spoiler alert, besides the gentrification, what was cool about it mm-hmm. is that they showed the way not just like vampires infiltrating the their you know their neighborhood, mm-hmm. but in a way that was connected to being a real estate property owner. They were like masked as that. Yeah, of course. So that was kind of cool to like show it in that way. Another thing was like when you think about characters that are living in a similar neighborhood that everyone kind of acts the same and that wasn't happening. Like everybody had their own personality in some way. Yeah, of course. Like they didn't all sound the same. They didn't all look the same in terms of like what they were wearing. Like the main kid, Miguel, he was just like, they called him Little Mayor and his That's hair. right, yeah. He looks mm-hmm. kind of dorky, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And then the friend who's just like trying not to be part of a gang or anything like that, but mm-hmm. they were still friends. So it was like a lot more layered in that way and not just like every, all the characters you can distinguish between they, the characters they had their tropes yeah each of the, the kids had their tropes yeah they did have their tropes and mm-hmm. such but still like to see three brown folks black and brown folks you know uh, young young people being the lead of a story was was refreshing to me no and it, like the protagonists in general which were the, mostly the kids but also the neighborhood was all people of color mm-hmm. right and then spoiler alert like every white person you meet in this movie is a vamp or the bad guy? Is the antagonist, yeah, antagonist, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was obvious, right? Mm-hmm. But a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but genius. I was like, this is so awesome. I love it. <laughs> and honestly, too, yes. the characters that were white didn't have a lot of dialogue. If you think about it, Mm-mm. and I was like, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, like taking not taking up space for for a change in movies. This felt a lot more authentic too of New York. You know, because if you're in the Bronx, if y'all know, if you're ever visiting the Bronx, especially, <laughs> it's not it's not it's not gonna be all full of white folks. You know, it's like mm-hmm. Latinx, Black folks, Afro Latina. You know, like Afro Latinx, making it a lighthearted film. Right. Also, kind of quirky and ridiculously funny. Pulled at the heartstrings for me. <laughs> I know that you laughed really hard because I, um, so like I said, it's a story about like the real estate company coming in and gentrification. I think you found it really funny when the bodega store owner who they're trying to save named Tony played by Marrow. Yeah. Kid Marrow, man. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I thought you, you found it funny when he started changing up like the stuff he sold at the bodega because like white people were showing up. Hell yeah, dude. Okay, so for those who don't know, in New York, you know, we have our 24-hour delis or like, you know, they're open really late, the bodega at the corner. And, you know, you back in the day, you used to get like your quarter drinks, you get your like 50, 50 cents wise chips, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's a community. It's like a store that you go to and you get what you need. And it's like, you know, you, you chop it up, right? So they're not selling soy milk or, yeah, or no, almond milk? I mean, nowadays I'm sure they're selling soy milk. Once you know that freaking fruit is going there besides bananas and oranges, I'm being for real, you know that shit's being gentrified, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, when you see the kale, when you see the chaya seeds, like whatever, like who's going to buy that and you're still going to buy your bubblish gum, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Or your bazooka gum and then like there's still the cat. Uh, cat like lying on the shelf 
uh, in the aisle of the bodega, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, near, near as it progresses in the movie, you don't even see the cat no more because it was gentrified because usually, you know, oh, no, no, he, people yeah, they, are they, allergic. They, so <laughs> No, I, I think he said like the health inspector came by and they said, yeah, the health that. inspector. They couldn't have the cat. But anyway, but yeah. Yeah, so there's little nuances of that, especially when you order your hot, your sandwich off the grill and then all of a sudden it was just like chopped cheese sandwich instead. <laughs> like, ain't gonna have any fucking meat on that shit. It was just a funny, really funny joke. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that like Mero being the bodega owner, classic, dude. Like, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Also, a part of the movie was the references to other vampire movies. And I think specifically, well, we, we talked about Buffy, like all the Buffy-esque references. Um, but also, they totally showed clips of Blade. Yeah, I don't know Wesley that much Snipes of Blade. Blade, but I just know about Wesley Snipes and then like using Blades. <laughs> like what is But that? they went over the holy like they went over like the holy water and then using like and then, you know, you have to use a steak. Yeah, I feel like the movie wouldn't have as much of a uh, humorous tone if they didn't have those vampire movie tropes. Yeah. So it was like the garlic. What was the other thing? Uh, the steak through the heart thing. Yes. Holy water. Holy water. <laughs> the communion wafer, which I've never heard of before. <laughs> <laughs> I love there's this one scene too when like one of their friends is describing all the things that you need to do to defeat or kill a vampire. Oh yeah. And the main character Miguel writes it down in his uh his pad and, <laughs> and like little nuance little things like just cracked me up like when his friend was talking about the wafer I eat the, the Eucharist for any of those Catholics out there. Yeah. He spelled Eucharist U K A R I S T Eucharist, which is like totally not how you spell it. Is it U C H? It's E U. Is it E U? E U C H. I had no idea. So Eucharist, he was like U K A A. So I was like that dying. That is kind of funny. I mean, they could have been spelled male. Yeah. So this movie was actually uh, very fun loving and like mm. you know, I mean, it wasn't gory or anything. It was just like to the point. It wasn't. One thing that I would we would love to add is that there was like the funnest funniest cameo um, that was happening. There too. Do, do you want to mention who, who is the funniest cameo in this movie that you were like I can't believe they got this guy yeah who is I mean it? it makes sense at the same time though who is, who is it so the M.E.T. H.O.D. man oh boy to Cal was playing the P.R.I.E.S.T. the priest <laughs> oh in God. the movie you actually did it <laughs> <laughs> I was spelling y'all mm-hmm. um, yeah so Method Man Catholic priest Method was a Catholic priest and anyone who knows Method Man from the 90s Wu-Tang Clan people mm-hmm. you know always with the reefer always with the cursing and he's freaking well I know he's moved on to acting just like many other mm-hmm. well-known hip-hop artists like Common Eve all of them like Queen yeah. Latifah all turned to like actor acting right Right. Method man, y'all, as a priest. And to take him like seriously. Could as you take well, him seriously as a Catholic priest? No, because the whole time I was just thinking <laughs> of him like cream, get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. Like that's all I kept seeing. Um I but think, I think that added to the humor. They did that on purpose though. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> like it was obvious that yeah. He wasn't meant to be taken seriously, but it, I, you know. That was definitely the funniest cameo. All right, let's let's wrap up our discussion here of vampires versus the uh, versus the Bronx. I almost said vampire in Brooklyn, which is the other yeah, <laughs> the see, other this movie. Is another thing that we wanted to know, we were like vampires versus the Bronx. Yeah. Isn't there one already that was about like the city and what? Uh, yeah, there was a, a Eddie then, Murphy movie called yeah, Vampire in Brooklyn. We were like, oh, Vampire in Brooklyn, and we right. had to look it up, and we're like, oh, it was from like the mid nineties. Yeah. Uh, with Eddie Murphy. Eddie so Murphy. watch, we're gonna end up watching that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. I thoroughly enjoyed Vampires versus the Bronx. Yes. I doubt there's going to be a number two, so that's great. <laughs> no, this is, it was definitely a one-off. Like, they, you know, they had their vision. 
and they executed it. Conclusion: Who is the MVP of this movie? Yeah, hands down, mm-hmm. Mero as the bodega owner. That Tony. most memorable. Yeah. I don't want to give it away. Spoiler alert. If y'all ever watch Jesus and Mero or listen to their podcast, Bodega Boys, mm-hmm. you know he is authentic Mero with his jokes, with his like sly comments. Like if you're down and understand that humor and get that, mm-hmm. you're going to find this movie funny. Yeah, definitely. He does steal the show, even though I will give a shout out to the three kids who are the main characters. Yeah, absolutely. They Cuz they they, they are the ones the they they were the ones that were running they were running that movie. They were running that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they did a good job. So. Yeah. yeah, kudos. That's why I give it a 4. I'm surprised. Okay. I'm so I'm going to keep my, my my high 3 and a half. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. All, right. All right. Any other things to say? No, I think it's just time to wrap it up. Oh, besides that, let's give a shout out to October not only being Halloween and then your birthday month, but also Filipino American History Month. Yes, fam. That's what we call it. Mm -hmm. Fam, fam. Thank you all for watching. This is another episode of CNC Buhai. Check us out next time. Peace. Stay safe, everybody.